Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinock. With the release of the movie Hacksaw Ridge, the story of famous conscientious objector Desmond Doss, there's been considerable interest in the Christian doctrine concerning war and conscientious objection. Our guest today, my good friend, Attorney Barry Bussey, General Counsel for the Canadian Council of Christian Charities and editor of the book, Should I Fight?, which is available as a free download on www.academia.edu. Barry, great to have you back on Freedom's Ring today. Well, it's great to be here, very much. Uh, Looking forward to it. So, you know, Desmond Doss may be the most famous conscientious objector, and and, uh, for those, if if there are some who don't know the story, uh, give us a brief outline of of how he won the... uh, uh, what medal was it? Congressional Medal of Honor? The Congressional Medal of Honor. The only time a such a medal was issued to someone who wouldn't carry a gun. Yeah, it's an absolutely fantastic story. It's an incredible story. Uh, Desmond Doss, at the time of World War II, was, uh, of course, drafted, as many young people were throughout the United States. And, and uh, though he was drafted, he uh, had a... A belief that he should not bear arms to kill another human being. And eventually, uh, it was through a lot of uh, maneuvering, I guess, over time, uh, he was able to get into the medical corps uh, for training, and uh, but was received not very warmly by his fellow soldiers in the unit that he was placed with. Um, they uh, gave him a rough time in training and so forth would be... Uh, you know, just constantly harassing him because of his refusal to uh, carry the gun. In fact, one one person, uh, the commander, said that, uh, you know, you have to excuse my language here a little bit, but he said to Doss, he says, you're not going to be by my damn side if you don't carry a gun. And uh, he even uh, thought that if they ever got out on the, on the front line, he'd probably shoot Doss, you know, because he had that much animosity towards Doss for refusing to bear the rifle. But what happened was, was that when they were eventually uh, over to Okinawa in Japan, uh, from April 29 to May 21 in 1945, uh, that's really where uh, the Doss story just came alive, because when they uh, went up and attacked, uh, along with all of his men, there were some uh, 75 men left uh, casualties up on the uh, on the escarpment, and uh, Doss, rather than going back down uh, with the retreat, he stayed up on the escarpment, and he got 75 casualties, one at a time, brought them into, over to the edge of the escarpment, and then he lowered them down on a rope, and he did that 75 times. He, he said that um, as he would lay down, uh, you know, uh, deliver the uh, the wounded soldier over the side, he would be praying in his mind. He was saying, Lord, please help me get one more, just one more. And so it was that he would just go back time after time after time. And uh, the story goes that um, 
soldiers were being lowered down all over the escarpment, the the men below were like, you know, who in the world is up there doing this? <laughs> and um, anyhow, one of the guys says, uh, he says, there's some nut up there getting his butt shot off, you know. And and it was a, an amazing, um, uh, heroic feat that he did. He was under fire. Uh, but uh, amazingly, he just fearlessly went out uh, and accomplished that. But then it continued for the almost, um, uh, I mean, that, that happened um, in, uh, towards the end of April. But, but the, the, the work that he was involved with continued on uh, for almost another month before he was uh, ultimately uh, so badly wounded uh, that his military career of helping was over. And, and, and even that was dramatic. He was, he was assisting um, uh, a wounded soldier when all of a sudden a grenade came right next to him. And uh, in order to protect the soldier, uh, Doss' instinct was to put his foot down on that grenade, and it exploded, and then, of course, caused uh, tremendous damage to himself. Um, and even when the, he had to wait there some five hours on the field before uh, any kind of help was able to get to him, and as they were taking him off the field, he saw someone else who was in a worse condition than himself, and he said, look, lay me down and get that guy and bring him off. And uh, so that's what they did. And then he ended up uh, crawling uh, some um, uh, 200 yards, I guess it was, uh, and, uh, and he had to uh, make his own way across uh, crawling, and, and he ended up being uh, uh, further wounded by sniper fire. So just a tremendous effort and a tremendous selfless attitude, all because he wanted to uh, save life, not take life. That's how he responded uh, to it. And he said, you know, uh, it's interesting. He said, you can't always win, but when your buddies come to you and say that they owe their life to me, what better reward can you get than that? And so as a result of his efforts, uh, President Harry Truman actually presented him with the Congressional Medal of Honor. So there's a couple of details, as faithful as the movie was to the story, there's a couple of details that it left out. I think one is, this was one of the most horrific battles of the entire war. I'm forgetting the number, I think it was something like 150,000 American casualties on our side. Wow. Um, it could have been higher than that, but it was, yeah, I think it was about 150,000. It was like literally several times the total number of American dead from the entire Vietnam War in a single battle. I had lunch with one of the producers recently, and um, one of the things he told me was, you know, it, it was raining. It was just muddy as all get out up there. Um, there were Japanese who had been uh, inhabiting these tunnels up on the ridge, um, just, you know, thousands of them up there. And um, the blood was so thick, mixed with the mud, it was literally um, pouring red off the edge of the cliff. He wanted to show that in the movie, but uh, they didn't. Um, and, and I will say, for those of you who have not seen the movie, uh, yes, if you know Mel Gibson, you know that it's extremely violent. But in this case, you know, my opinion is it's not gratuitous violence. I think it's one of the best 
um, portrayals of the horrors of war. War is a very horrible experience, and um, I, I think that uh, they did a pretty good job of giving you a feeling of just how um, how insane and horrible it was up on the ridge. It really was an awful, awful hell. And you know, the other thing too that I found about the movie as well was that, um, and I think uh, Gibson uh, uh, just really brought this out, um, when Desmond Doss had gone through that time of delivering those 75 men over to Ridge, eventually he comes back down. And he's absolutely shell-shocked. He's absolutely like he doesn't know where he is, what he's doing. And that was portrayed so well uh, that it just was a tearjerker for me when I watched it. So, Barry, you edited a book on the topic of conscientious objection, uh, exploring certainly the Christian values, asking the question, should I fight? That was the title of the book. That's right. Yeah, that, that was a project uh, a couple of years ago, or actually quite a number of years ago now. Uh, basically what happened was we were uh, investigating the... Uh, Desmond Doss was a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and, and during the uh, the whole, you know, story of war on terror and all the rest of it, it, it occurred to me that, you know, this concept of conscientious objection is something that we might want to visit again to have a look at. And so I began doing some um, investigating on the subject and interviewed a number of uh, World War II vets who were conscientious objectors from here in Canada. And um, so I did a piece in that book on uh, some of my interviews with those men, but also just looking at the broad sense of, you know, what is the role of a Christian when it comes to war? There's a big debate, of course, uh, a uh, lot of discussion been going on in recent years, even uh, people like Daniel Bell and others have uh, written on the subject about just war and, and, and that kind of thing. And so my book is pretty much centered on the Seventh-day Adventist experience, um, not just uh, in the United States, but also outside of the United States, Canada, South Africa, and so forth. And uh, we're exploring um, just you know, what should be the response of a Christian? And it's, um, it's one of those things that, you know, you'll always find people on both sides, uh, you know, dealing with the just war concepts or, um, you know, patriotism, nationalism, and all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, you know, how do you balance that? And so those were the kinds of issues that were being explored uh, through a number of the authors uh, who contributed to the book. Well, here in the United States, of course, Christian conservatives um, make up a good share of the, um, you know, strident defenders of the Second Amendment. And, uh, you know, there's a strong interest in gun ownership in the United States. So I, I suspect that the notion of conscientious objection runs contrary to uh, where a lot of American Christians find themselves. You know, we have a, a culture of of respect for law enforcement, of respect for military. You know, our military get to board airplanes first and that sort of thing. We, we you know, honor them and their service in various ways. Um, you know, we just have a couple of minutes. What is the basic concept, the Christian concept of, of not fighting? Where does this come from? Well, I think there's a, a number of places where it comes from. Obviously, it comes from when um, 
you know, in, in the life of Jesus when he was uh, being taken prisoner by the uh, chief priest uh, soldiers and so forth, um, Peter reached out, pulled out a, a sword and, and tried to basically decapitate one of the, the people. And, um, you know, instead of getting the head, he got his, the guy's ear. Uh, Christ then said, well, listen, uh, put away your sword. You lives by the sword, will die by the sword. And then he healed the man there and that kind of thing. And a lot of um, uh, Christian thinkers, uh, theologians over the years, especially in the early Christianity, for example, Tertullian said that uh, when Christ disarmed Peter, he unbelted every uh, soldier. And so there was a, a real sense, uh, certainly within the early Christian church, that, uh, you know, being involved in war is not what a Christian ought to do. And then, of course, things kind of changed a wee bit when, um, you know, Constantine, the emperor, becomes uh, a Christian. And then, you know, Augustine and Ambrose and other theologians began talking about just war and, and that kind of thing. Uh, we've got experiences, um, you know, in the Reformation. You've got the Anabaptist groups uh, like the Mennonite, um, Amish, and so on, who've also uh, kind of uh, harkened back to those early Christian roots and said, you know, uh, taking up arms is not something that a Christian ought to be doing. And for that reason, um, you know, they've been exempt uh, for all of the centuries that they've been here in the New World. Barry, uh, i got to cut you off because we're out of time. Right. Our guest, Barry Bussey, General Counsel for the Canadian Council of Christian Churches, Charities rather. We've been uh, discussing Desmond Doss, the Hexaw Ridge hero, and uh, the concept of conscientious objection uh, from a Christian perspective. Barry, thanks for being with us on Freedom's Ring today. Well, as always, great, Al. All the best. And don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring. Mm-hmm.